I'd hate to have you. Did you know Bruce Lee was fast, but he had an even faster brother? Sudden Lee. <laughs> Did you hear about the French general who stepped on a landmine? He's Napoleon blown apart. <laughs> I asked a librarian if books about paranoia were available. She looked up and whispered, they're right behind you. <laughs> All right. How was Rome split in two? With a pair of Caesars. I might have one more, and then you can be really happy I'm done. There was once a king who was only 12 inches tall. He was a terrible king, but he made a good ruler. All right, enough of that. Oh, happy days are here again. Um, I want you to watch this a uh, little bit of a trailer here just before we get into week two of the Devil Knocks. We have this week and next week to finish. Praise the Lord. Let's welcome our online crowd. God bless you guys. Thanks for joining us today. And again, just a little information. Um, we do Facebook and we're on YouTube and all that. Facebook usually shuts me down. Um, so if you go to truelifemarion.com, we are live from our website. Um, you can do that and probably get a better um, experience by watching it without being muted or anything of that nature. So just to be clear on that. Um, and we are getting ready for youth, and like I said, we're gonna, we're, we've changed the logo a little bit, get a fresh start, a new look, and they're going to meet in next month in October. We're going to go bowling just to start to uh, get relationships started again, get these kids connected back together, and uh, we'll, we'll meet once a month for the next three months, and then we'll look at that in the first of next year and, and go from there. But uh, students are excited. I met with them last Monday. And um, I'm going to be heading that up. So it's going to be a great time. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to learn about God and let Jesus. But when Jesus is in control, just let them let him take, you know, and just inspire their lives. There's great potential on all these students. And we want to make sure that we tap into that. So today we're talking about when the devil knocks. This is week two. And this one's called the accuser. Uh, and this is part two. And again, just to clarify, the only reason we're really putting this as the centerpiece as far as talking about the enemy, it's not to give him credit, but just so that we know how to fight. Somebody say amen. So that we are aware of his schemes and his tricks and all that kind of. So we just, we, we understand what we're up against because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. How many knows that in John it says he is to steal, kill, and destroy? That's what the devil does. The good news, everybody say good news. Jesus said that he came to give us life and give it to us more abundantly. So greater is the Lord in you and in me than the enemy that is in the world. So no matter what you're going through, and I'm not trying to minimize anything. You may be going through in something that's pretty traumatic, but Jesus is bigger. His, his help is so much bigger, you cannot deny 
if you let God help you, what you'll get from that. The peace he gives, all of those things are amazing. Ephesians 6.12 says, We are not fighting against flesh and blood, enemies against evil rulers, authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So we are fighting against the enemy. If you missed last week, we're talking about Satan. We're talking about the devil. His names are those, Lucifer, the deceiver, the destroyer, the accuser, father of lies, prince of darkness. We could list a lot of names here. If you come up with something that's nasty, you could probably put it there. But uh, here's what we're doing. We are just, again, pulling back and say, okay, this is of the enemy. Sometimes we give the enemy too much credit, or sometimes we just allow him to work us over. And we need to be able to stop that. Last week, we looked at the deceiver. We talked about who, who the enemy was. We learned that he attacks our mind with lies. He is the father of lies. Next week, we see him as the destroyer. He attacks our will with pride. You know, most people that are proud don't think they're proud. That's pride. You have to think about that for a second, but you know I'm... Uh, but today we're looking at the accuser. He attacks our heart with accusations. He, he tells you, he condemns you. If you're breathing, I'm telling you right now, you probably don't get along with everybody 100% of the time, all the time. If you do, please take notes and show us how. We'll have you up here next week. You know, I've, I've got a great wife, I've got a great marriage, um, but we don't always agree. But at the end of the day, we don't want strife, so we fix it. That's not always easy. Are you, are you hearing me today? Because sometimes you won't agree, and it's okay to disagree, but you don't want strife. Strife opens the door for the enemy, and the Bible says, in every evil you don't want that. So shut that down. So we may not agree, but we look at each other's viewpoint, and that doesn't happen all that often, but what we don't want is strife. If you had siblings, brothers and sisters, do you get along 100% of the time? Ours didn't. I mean, I'd like to think they did. And I, as a parent, have been wrong at a couple times, thinking one did something to the other and found out it was provoked. And that doesn't mean it was great for what they did to respond to it. But I had to, then had to go and apologize because I spanked one kid. <gasps> he said spanked. One of our, our boys, <coughs> I spanked and, 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 you know, and corrected him and then found out that this is why he did what he did that didn't make it right, but neither of them came to me. I had to go back and apologize to the one and discipline the other one then. When you fight against the enemy, he shows up with accusations. You know, no matter what you do, if it was me, you'd say, you shouldn't be a pastor. Or, How can you preach? Or, or maybe it's you. Well, who, who, who do you think you are? And he begins to just flood your mind and your heart with accusations. Because, now listen to me, I just put those two together. I don't know if you caught it. Because as a man thinks in his heart, the Bible says, so is he. So he's going to accuse you of your value. You're so unrighteous. You're so undeserving. You're such a bad example. Then he'll tell you other things. He'll just 
once that snowball starts and you start taking the bait, he'll start just building it. Matter of fact, you're terrible at everything you do. Have you ever had one of those days you wish you just stayed in bed? Look, listen how quiet it is. I'm not answering. Or you just get up and you're a grouch. Don't point. Have you ever went to a store or someplace and they, whoever is waiting on you must have got up on the wrong side of the bed or the person before you? I don't know about you, but usually, unless the Lord tells me different, if I've said to there was one lady, I was at a particular bank, and she was, she was just snotty. And, just, and so I, I just asked her, I said, ma'am, are you having a bad day? She asked, why would you ask that? I said, have I done something to make you mad? And she just looked at me, and I said, because, I mean, you, are, you seem really upset. And I, I'm not here to upset you. Now, you might say, I would never do that. I would, and I did. And she turned like a 180. She said, I'm, I'm sorry. And, you know, every time I went back in that bank, she would holler my name, hey, Brett. And I'd say, hey, what's your name? I'm gonna t- I'd tell you your name, but I'm not going to do that today. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you know, I mean, but it changed everything. It changed my relationship with her when I went into bank. She'd say, hey, can I help you? Yes, ma'am, you can help me. How's your day going? My day's going good. How about yours? Much better, thank you. Now, I, you might say, well, she could have been putting on between her and God. But all I know is everything when I talked to her from that point on was wonderful compared to what it was that day. Fiery darts are accusations the enemy will just shoot at you. God loves you. He's not shooting those things at you. It's the enemy that hates you. Remember we talked last week, we were made in God's image, and the enemy hates that. Have you ever felt to some degree that you just never measure up? Anybody besides me, you just felt like, this is just tough. Isaiah says this in 54, 17. In that coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. You'll silence every voice raised up to accuse you. These benefits... Being a child of God, you have benefits. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Their vindication will come from me, I, the Lord, have spoken. That's awesome. I love having benefits. Don't you? I got to wake you guys up. I got more response from the silly jokes. Revelation 12.10, John calls him the accuser. I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens. It's come at last, salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ for the, here it is, the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth. The one who accuses them before our God day and night. Do you know the enemy, he is just, that's all he does. Remember I said, how do you know if he's lying? If, he's, if his lips are moving, he's lying. That's all he does. So he is telling God, he's this, he's not worthy, she's not worthy, da 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 Here's what they did wrong. They did this on this day, this day, this day, this, and then he just comes out, just consistently. The enemy never plays fair. He baits both ends of the stick, never showing you the price tag. And then he starts throwing in the drama. Do you know anybody with drama? Again, don't point 
but it's just a drama. So many things seem to sometimes in the world today are almost overwhelming. And I, I, even if you're a settled and a, a solid person, everybody, I think, at one time or another has to deal with, I guess, got to keep my emotions at a level because it could be easy to go the other way. The enemy will tempt you to sin and then rationalize it out. He'll tell you the reasons it's okay. He'll, he'll tell you this. Then he'll bust your chops when you yield to it. And then shame you after doing it. He'll condemn you. So our first thought this morning is this. When the devil talks to you about God, he lies. When the devil talks to you about God, he lies. When he talks to you about you, he accuses When he talks to you about God, he lies. When he talks to you about you, he accuses. This is what you did. This is why you're wrong. This is why you're not worthy. Blah, blah, blah. And he goes at you that way. So how do we do that? How do we beat the accuser? Because this isn't a question of if the devil's going to come and mess with you. It is just when he does, you need to be ready. Because that's his mojo. And he doesn't like anybody that looks or follows God. Period. In Zechariah, we are in the courtroom with three different characters. God the judge, Joshua, the high priest, is the defendant. He's the one on trial. Satan, the prosecutor, the, the accuser. So he's trying to convince God the judge of Joshua's guilt. So he appears to have a case. He accuses Joshua of having dirt on his robe, and they should be clean. And in this story, dirt represents sin. So he's always accusing. Have you ever went somewhere and been underdressed? Or, you know, you didn't know it was a black tight uh, and suit or whatever, and you came in jeans or shorts or whatever, and you felt like, oh. Imagine standing in front of God, all dirty. Zechariah 3, 1 and 4, the angel showed me Yeshua, that's a Hebrew for Joshua, the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord. The accuser, Satan, was there in the angels, at the angel's right hand making accusations against Yeshua. And, and the Lord said to Satan, I, the Lord, reject your accusations, Satan. Yes, the Lord, who has chosen Jerusalem, rebukes you. This man is like a burning stick that has been snatched from the fire. Yeshua's clothing was filthy as he stood there before the angel. So the angel said to the other standing there, take off his filthy clothes Turning to Yeshua, he said, see, I've taken away your sins, and now I'm giving you these fine new clothes. So the prosecutor, the enemy, is always telling you, this is, you're wrong, you're, you're never going to make it. And he's always throwing dirt. He's always telling you everything you've done wrong. Have you ever been so mad there's all these things you want to do? Sometimes, see, this is what, we, what happens You get all kinds of thoughts in your mind. Just because you get the thought doesn't mean you've sinned. It's what you do with it after you get it. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, there's times, if, you have, if you've had children, do you ever want to cuss? You wanted to. You need to look up some of those cuss words for Christians, I guess. <laughs> Man, there's times you're like, help me, Jesus. There's times that 
The enemy's just going to accuse you of you did this. Maybe you cheated, you stole, you lusted, you lost your temper, you let people down. You were a bad example for your children. You know, there's a lot of things if I could go back. Anybody in here wish you could change some things if you could go back? I'd do something a little different. I didn't, I just, you know, I just, this is all I could see. I couldn't see anything past it. I could just feel myself shrinking back. Decisions I had made in the past, I'm like, Lord. And the enemy just continues to slam me with accusations. Guilt, shame, condemnation, that's what he does. He is the accuser. But Jesus... Come on, somebody. But Jesus is your advocate. 1 John 2, 1 and 2, my dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. But anyone who does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He's Jesus Christ, the one who's truly righteous. He himself is a sacrifice that atones for our sins, and not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. <laughs> so Jesus defends us. When we give things to Jesus, he washes us clean and defends us. So listen to me this morning. If you're here and you're dirty and you're guilty, and maybe you, you feel like, I just reek with the smell. I, you know, I, we have people, anybody have this? You know, we're going to do after movies, and there are people that, if you're inviting them here, they might say, you know, if I walked in the door, I've heard this many times. The roof will cave in. Still here, and I'm here. I mean... I'm not, certainly not perfect and haven't lived a perfect life. But I'm just saying the enemy will just, he'll just accuse, he'll just mess with you. You might be sad, you might be depressed, you might be alone, but thank God there's God. Jesus paid it all. He's taken it away because he died on the cross for your sins and for my sins. He says, I'm putting fine garments on. It's something you can't earn, something you don't even deserve. And see, that's what we, we, in our mind, we think we have to earn our salvation. You can't earn your salvation. There's nothing that God, he won't love you any less or any more. He, he is perfect. His love for you is so full. Even before you come to Christ, you need to know God so loved the world that he gave. You can't earn that. There's nothing. God did that all for you, and it's free. He shows us his forgiveness. You know, in Luke, well, the Gospels tell this story. You've heard of the prodigal son. He says to his father, I want everything that's coming to me. And so he takes it, and he goes off, and he squanders it, you know, and does all the things with it he, he shouldn't do. And the Bible says that he wakes up. You ever woke up? Maybe you're sitting here saying, Brett, you don't even know. I got a son right now or a daughter right now. The Bible says also in Luke that the Lord can send a harvester. I was just talking to, to Kim. I said, I'm believing God for harvesters for those that need it. That it doesn't have to be just you, that God will send other people that will just come side by side because of your faith, because you can bind and you can loose. Are you with me today? And because you can declare a thing and you can set some things in motion. Our problem is we don't always do that, do we? We just take the position that the enemy said. Remember last week? We got nothing but time. He loves that. I like giving, I like giving the, the enemy fits. Just begin to take authority where God has told you. So this son wakes up. You know what waking up means? He figures like, what did, how, 
how did I fall this far? Isn't that how it always starts? And he has to get back. And he knows the safe place is in Father's house. The Lord wants me to push this, so I'm going to push it just a little bit further. What's your house like? What's Father's house like? Are you a refuge? Do you understand this? Let me, let me just explain a little bit. Loving somebody doesn't mean you're in agreement with everything they do or what they believe or say they believe in or the choice they make. It doesn't mean you're in agreement with it. Loving them is loving them. Now, that doesn't mean that, you, you know, because that, you must accept that choice. That's, that's not at all what I'm saying. If it doesn't line up with the Bible, do not accept the choice. You just love them anyway. And people come up and they'll say, this is what I've chose. This is the lifestyle I've chose. What do you think of that? Doesn't line up with the word, but I don't have to answer for that. You do, but I'm going to love you. Does that make sense? You have to stand on what God has said. You must, because that's how greater is he that's in you. Somebody has to be safe. There has to be somebody that shows the way. Are you there today? Somebody has to be able to see like, you know what? This gospel must be preached. And you might use words. But you've got to be able to walk this thing out. There's times I remember just when I managed a fitness center and these guys, they, there's something that they would, I, they would be drawn. And hey, uh, they, my nickname then was Gleese. It wasn't Pastor Brett because I wasn't a pastor. So hey, Gleese. And they'd come back and we'd just be back there sitting, you know, just on top of the whirlpool or in the whirlpool. And they're just, you know, they're just hanging out. And, and I, you know, I was on a mission I would do everything, God, you just tell me what you want me to do. I was the only guy there drinking Mountain Dew. Because the spa was closed and they were just hanging out. But I would time myself. I, I heard him say to me, you have 20 minutes. And I looked at the clock and 20 minutes I had an appointment. They don't have to know what my appointment is just to be out of there. Hey, I got another appointment, guys. Love you guys, man. I'm sure when I left, I was for lunch. They probably ripped me. I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't there. But do you know many of those guys, I got to personally lead to Jesus later down the road. Somebody's got to walk this thing out. Somebody has to let the accuser know there's a war going on and you ain't winning. Somebody's got to tell him you can accuse all you want, but I'm standing on a firm foundation. I'm standing on the blood. I'm standing on the word. Somebody's got to live it long and live it loud. The Bible says that he came to his senses. He went back to his father. And the Bible says the father was waiting for him. That's awesome. The father took off his very own clean robe and put it on him and covered his filthy clothes. There's, he put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet, all of that. And there's a whole other message in that. But so when he looks at him, you need to understand he doesn't see the dirt. He sees the clean. 
The Bible casts, the Bible says that when you get forgiven by Jesus because of what he did on the cross, your sins are in the sea of forgetfulness. And it's as far as the east is from the west. They're gone. Zechariah 3 is taking your sin away. 3, 5, and 7, I said they should place a clean turban on his head. They put a clean priestly turban on his head, dressed him in new clothes, while the angel of the Lord stood by. Then the angel of the Lord spoke very solemnly to Yeshua and said, This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. If you follow my ways, carefully serve me, you'll be given authority over my temple and its courtyards. I will let you walk among these others standing here. Let me just put this all in. There's not a whole bunch of hoops to go through. How many have ever went to a new doctor and they give you a paper? We need you to fill this out. And they ask you stuff, and this is what goes through my mind. Why do you need to know that? Or stuff like, that's going to be $85, you're sick. Hence why I'm here. And, you know, it's always those kind of things. But what I'm saying is, when God takes away your sin, he takes it away. It's gone. Somebody here needs to hear this. You've been living under accusations from the enemy, condemning you, and you felt like, I can never come back to church. I could never do what the Lord... And the enemy is fighting you on all this, maybe past or whatever. And this is where God looks at it. When he looks at you, he goes, what past? I mean, he knows he's God, but it says he forgets all that. He's cleansed you. He doesn't bring it back up. You know who brings it back up? The enemy. That's who brings it back up. God's not bringing up mistakes you made. It is the enemy. It is the accuser trying to get into your heart so that you think the way he wants you to think so you'll be the way he wants you to be. Help me today. God says, look, I've forgiven you. Basically, get get to the house of God and go to work. That's why we have connection, because we want people to connect with the king. And then when they connect with the king, they can start doing and serving the way the king wants them to serve. And you start seeing your life change. That's why we, we have these testimonies once a month now, where these people are just like, this has been amazing. Why? Because they connected with the king. Because God took them from here and put them over here. I don't know about you, but I've not always been where I needed to be. And it's so good to know that grace and mercy are here. So what's the difference between accusation and conviction? Accusation comes from the enemy. Conviction comes from the spirit of God. This is going to help you. Here's our second point for today. Accusations drive you away from God while conviction takes you to God. Accusations will push you away. It'll drive you away because you're never going to be worthy. Conviction will bring you to him. Because conviction means I need to make this right. When you just don't feel right. You just need to fix this. Accusation means you're no good, you're no good, you're no good. Baby, you're no good. I want to say it again. Okay. 
See, accusations make you feel ashamed and, and dirty. You already know you made wrong choices. Conviction shows us we need a Savior to take away those wrong choices, to clean us so that we don't live with the guilt and condemnation, and you're free from that. Conviction lets us experience his grace, his mercy, his goodness. The Bible says you confess your sins to God. He'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's what conviction is. This is wrong. I need to do this because this makes it right. I can't, you know, Jesus did everything I need, but if, if I've done something and he says you need to go ask for forgiveness or you need to do this or make it right. Hey, I mean, I learned some of this when I was just a kid. Because my folks taught me right and wrong. Say amen to godly parents. And back in that day, I don't know how they were really walking with God when I was real little, but I knew right from wrong. Remember the penny stores where you could actually go get a lot of candy for a penny? That was awesome. We lived on Forest Street. Tom lived down the street. His was 289. Ours was 253. And there was an alleyway. Now, I... I fought Jeff Schwartz and Patrick McDuffie in that alley more times than Carter has liver pills. A lot. And me and my best friend, Mike Miller, who lived across the street, we did that. But we went down there. It was a penny store on Elm Street right at the corner of that alley. And I remember going in there, and it, it smelled like, like you could picture in Little House on the Prairie or something. Just, you know, the glass, and it was rounded, and there's all that stuff in there. And he gave you a brown paper bag or a white paper bag, and he'd have a little scoop and... They'd weigh out whatever it was, and they'd dump it in the bag, and they'd hand it to you. I remember I gave him money, and he gave me money back. And I was walking back towards my house, and I had a mouthful of, and I'm going to tell you what it was. I don't know if you like them, but I love them. They're no fun to pick out of your teeth. Those cinnamon red dollar things, I think Jesus would probably eat those. But, man, they'd stay sticking your teeth and I, was, and I looked, and he gave me too much money. And I'm telling you, now I'm just telling you, I'm a kid. I'm going to guess that's probably eight, nine. This is what happened. Wow, more money. You should go back and get more candy. Don't ever do that. Shut up. <laughs> But what I did is I knew right from wrong, and I thought I started walking, and the more steps I took towards the house, the worse I felt. Because I felt like every time I would go back to that store, he knows. He knows. You know, so I mean, I had this battle. So I turned around, and I went back in the store, and the guy said, hey, buddy, what can I get for you? I don't know. You know, he greeted me again, and I turned to him, and I said, you gave me too much money, and he gave me a nickel too much. I said, I got this, and you gave me that. And He looked at me, and he goes, what do you want? And I said, I just didn't want to get in trouble. He said, no, what do you want? He said, there isn't another kid that I could, and he ended up giving me a whole other bag of candy and had me keep the nickel, I think. I don't, I don't remember the whole sequence. I just know I got more candy. I was happy. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but just doing the right thing, just being what God wants you to be and, and doing that. It is such an amazing thing if you learn that from an early age. 
I've taken, how many have ever taken money back into Wally World, Walmart, or Myers? They've overcharged you or something. You saw it wasn't right, and you took it back in. And only a few cents or a, a dollar. The people look at you like, what? Because there would have been a time that I would have had to wrestle with that for the day going, I should have took that back. I knew I should have took that back. But then the other part of you is like, hey, I don't do that anymore. If we're overcharged, we just take it back. Hey, I didn't pay for that. I've had people, I've had waitresses or waiters tell me, you know what, don't worry about it. I'll just give you whatever this is. They don't have, can I say this? They're not running the, the restaurant. They pay no bills. Are you with me? But they think they have the right to do that. I'm just like, no, nah. we are already past that. Kim and I are just like, no, we, we'll just go ahead and take care of it. They look at me like we're nuts. But I'm telling you this. Listen to what I'm telling you. I don't give any room to the accuser. So I'm going to walk blessed. I've given room to him before. I don't give him room now. I'm going to do everything that God tells me to do to the best of my ability. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 5, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning, human reasoning, and destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture the rebellious thoughts, teach them to obey Christ. So he's going to accuse you. He's going to put things in your mind to accuse your heart. You have to capture those, see them for what they are, and then get rid of them. We put on the armor. We put on the helmet of salvation. We guard our mind. We put on the breastplate of righteousness. We start understanding, God, you're so righteous. We have the shield of faith to stop those darts. We have the sword of the spirit. We gird our loins with truth. We do everything that God is telling us to do. When we hear those accusations, we take them captive and we say, you know what? I am the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. The old is gone, the new has come. I'm telling you this morning, folks, when you pull weeds, you got to plant flowers. I'm almost finished. But I want to tell you, there's a battle. I don't care who you are. I don't care. Can I? I don't care if you're Mother Teresa, if you're the Pope, if you're Peter the fisherman. If the enemy came after Jesus, the Son of God, what makes you think he's not going to come after you? I mean, really. He's going to try to do that, but listen to what I'm telling you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am more than a conqueror. In him I live, I move, I have my being. He lights my path. He guides me. He is my strength. He's my shield. His arm is not waxed short. Nothing is impossible to him that believes. He delivers me from all my affliction. He's on my side, I do not fear. He is Jehovah Rapha, my healer. Jehovah Mekadesh, the one who sanctifies. Jehovah Shalom, my peace. Jehovah Tiskin my righteousness Jehovah Jireh my provider Jehovah Nisi he is my banner Jehovah Shama he is there Jehovah Rohi he is my shepherd Jesus is your everything remember Isaiah in that coming day no weapon formed against you shall prosper the enemy is always making weapons to form against you but they're all for naught stay in him live Move, have your being. I'm going to tell you this, and we're going to receive communion to this morning. 
my boys, I love with all my heart. 30 years old now. Boy, they weren't always 30. They were little. And there were times that people came and they were threatening. And I remember taking my sons and moving them behind me. And them grabbing, I could still feel their hands on my waist and them looking around like, and I'm just taking their head and pushing it back. Listen to what I'm saying. Because in him, I live, I move, I have my being. And because I was in him, I believe the Lord dissipated all of that. That could have been something else. Could have been a, you know, fight type thing. I'm not saying I'm against doing whatever the Lord would say. But he just, because I, had, I believe I had my kids there. And I don't believe, you know, I think God wants peace, don't you? And he wants to be shown in love. And I was able to do that where they just walked away almost dumbfounded. They didn't have anything else. They were expecting me to spout off and say something or maybe do something, and I wouldn't do that. But I was going to protect my kid. And that's what God's doing with you. He's protecting you. The enemy is accusing and throwing things. He's saying things. You're not this. You're not a good grandparent. You're not a good parent. You're not this. You're not this. You're whatever. You know what? In him we live, we move, we have our being. All I know is in him, I'm enough because he made me enough. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Yea, do I walk through the valley the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for he is with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. He prepares a table in the presence of my enemies. My cup overflows. This morning, I know the enemy's knocking. Let faith answer the door. Let faith answer the door. There's times the enemy has tried to get us in fear and did things. I don't ever send my wife to take that. If somebody was trying to pound my door, they're going to meet me at the door. They're not going to meet her. I would have to not be home. But my God is able to supply all of my need. Numbers 11.23 says his arm is not waxed short. You need to hear it this morning. Some of you have been accused and accused and accused. Stop the voices. Let God just take those captive. According to the word of God, it is written, I am a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. I'm walking on new stuff now. Bow your heads, close your eyes, please. If you're here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you would like to do that, we want to help you there. There's no magic prayer. This is just you believing what Jesus did on the cross. 
you that are watching online, you can pray right where you're at. If you're in the building today and you're saying, PB, would you pray with me? Maybe it's just a rededication. I get it. I understand. Just put your hand up and put it down. I want to pray with you this morning. Yes. Anyone else? Yes. It's okay. Yes. You've come this far. You might as well go home new. You might as well go home not burdened down. Stop the voices. Say this prayer with me. You online, just repeat it where you're at. Dear Jesus, forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. From this day forward, I'm a new creature. According to your word, thank you for taking my sins away. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I want everybody to look at me real quick. The reason I did this now is because we're going to receive communion. But here's the other reason. This is why the enemy is, he's, he's such an idiot. But in your mind, he'll start saying, you're still the same loser you were. Nothing happened. Da, 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 da. You, you know why he's saying that? Because something happened. Do you understand? If nothing happened, he wouldn't have to tell you. But he's telling you because something changed. So you need to just knock him out of the way. It is written. Thank you, God. I'm a new creature. So if you've not been served the, uh, the elements and would like to get some, just raise your hand. The ushers will make sure and serve you. And those that are online, I mean, you can use saltine crackers. You can grab yourself a piece of bread. you got a few seconds to do that. Kim and I have taken communion with water. I mean, Jesus' first miracle was water into wine. So we figure, hey, we've done apple juice. I've done Mountain Dew, Pepsi. People out there are going... Now, we, we really don't drink much pop now, but um, we just wanted to... It, this is what it symbolizes. You need to understand that. It is the act of representation that's happening here. How many know what I'm talking about? So this is just representing what Jesus died on the cross for. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you're saved, and do not doubt. That's all we've just done. So this is a little wafer. This represents now the body of Christ... In other words, what he did, all of what he got beaten and smacked around for, every kind of healing you ever needed was paid for, physically, mentally, socially, financially. doesn't matter. He died for it all. Let's enjoy this together. Now, if you peel that back, you've got a little bit of grape juice representing... His blood that was poured out, not spilled. He didn't do it accidentally. He knew it on purpose. And he told his disciples more times than not, I got to go do this. Because the Bible says this. He had to have his blood shed because he was perfect. And without that, there would be no forgiveness. But because of that, we've all been redeemed. If we acknowledge and we understand what Christ did for you. Forgiveness because of Jesus. Let's drink. Amen. Amen. He's so good. Next week we're going to look the last week of as the devil knocks. But stand to your feet. We're going to receive our giving this morning. You can text to give, 84321. You can give online. Um, there's just a button that just says give online and it records all that and you get statements of everything you give as long as we have your 
right information. Um, you can mail it to 374 North Main. You can put it in the basket as it comes by. We don't have any gimmicks here. Um, we don't have anything like that. We just love being obedient. We, we love seeing people's lives change. Pastor Kim, in my heart, is to see you succeed. That's what we love. Let's pray over the offering. Father, in Jesus' name, it is our privilege to give. By the authority you've given us, we now move it in from the world system into the kingdom. And so because we are putting it in your dominion, you have legal access now to make that multiply and do all the things that you needed to do for the kingdom's sake. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Let the other ushers serve you. And I'll just as you head out today, Grab some of those invite cards. Now, you know, don't take 500 of them. There's not 500 of them there. There will be one day. But just take what you think. If you've got three or four friends that you want to, hey, I want to invite you, grab three or four of those. Pray over those and hand those to Hey, come on that day. It's going to be a great day. We're going to have a lot of fun. Free popcorn and free movie candy. Bring them for that. Maybe they'll just come for that. You, Pastor, you bribing them? Sure, why not? I don't know all, but we're going to have, it's all going to be free. It's all going to be fun. We're going to have a great time. Plus, what a great, the ninth is great to at the movies and then go to the harvest party. What a great Sunday. It's going to be an amazing day. Just, just pray about, God, who could we give this to? Who could we invite? Let's pack this place out. Let's make us pull out the chairs that go on the side. Wouldn't that be awesome? Seeing so many people get saved, that'd be great. We love you guys. We will look forward to seeing you next week. Have a great Sunday.